Welcome back to today's episode. Today we're talking about Crapopolis. You've probably seen the trailers for it on Fox because they play them continually during the NFL games every week. <laughs> yes, every All right. Sunday. And it's up to its third episode. The third episode is called Wife Swamp. And if you think that maybe that has some sort of connection with Wife Swap, that show that has like a 4.6 on IMDb, <laughs> it doesn't. I, I thought it was going to be a pun, and it wasn't, so I was disappointed. But this type of show, this type of cartoon, it's kind of a struggle because there are a lot of creative cartoons on the market. Yeah. Just in 2023, despite a five-month writer strike which delayed or prevented who knows how many shows, over 50 animated series have premiered or got rebooted. And we've talked about a dozen of them. The market is just saturated. We're all drowning in it. And I'm not saying that any specific animated project is bad besides maybe like a Velma. But the chances of finding an audience relies heavily on not the originality anymore, but just a whole lot of luck. And that is what Fox is trying to do with this. They renewed it for a second season months prior to it coming out. And then they renewed it for a third season months prior to the premiere as well. And I have to assume that's all because of Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon is like Chuck. Glory. He just, the king of sitcoms. Dan Harmon is the king of animation, uh, along with Matt Groening, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky, Seth MacFarlane. It feels like when they create a show, Fox or any of the other big networks will greenlight it for several seasons. What it, This was based off of one singular sentence that Dan Harmon said years prior to this even being made. Fox, in March of 2020, went to Dan Harmon and said, hey, you know how you want to make a TV show that's set in Greece? That's all that Dan Harmon said during one of his pitch meetings mm-hmm. years prior. And then he was like, yeah. And then Fox was like, uh, can you maybe write a script for that? And then COVID hit and everything. But they sent in one script. Dan Harmon gave one script to Fox and Fox said, great perfect let's make an entire tv show based off of just this script after reading it yeah but the thing that i really dislike about these is that they're just so plain vanilla you know exactly what you're going to get strictly from the trailers so for the thing. Uh, yeah that's kind of and why- so it's becoming like the procedural sitcom of uh, of animation procedural cartooning so you get the same type of jokes you get the same type of characters and yes you might get a laugh a chuckle throughout some part of the episode but i, I just don't see it any of them these days where i just want to sit down and watch everything i know we did fiona and cake recently and yes. that might be like the type of exception that's um, streaming though there's a yeah, difference there is a difference um clone high you said you liked yeah. uh royal crackers you said you didn't futurama we're making it through the first few seasons of that um dig man not so much it just it, there's not too much that captures it that would make me want to watch full seasons of but this. talking about capturing things i think that's what fox is trying to do with it. its animation domination lineup on sunday its golden years were really 2005 to 2010 and i was never a big fan of cult classic shows like king of the hill and cleveland show but i still knew what they were and i still knew when they were premiering you also have the simpsons and family guy obviously they were classics but then after about 2010 you American started getting Dad. things yeah you started getting things like sit down shut up the napoleon dynamite uh remake tv show Well, that's when they tried to extend it a little niche market and i, and think, I, I didn't yes. mind that because they were trying to try something new it feels like by going back to just the procedural stuff you, you are making it for an audience you think of rick and morty when it first kicked out it yes. was like okay we got a black mirror type of uh sci-fi uh animation but yeah. now we're just slowly trickling back towards the regular, like, family guy. So you don't think that Crapopolis is going to this be able to bring back going the golden for age? Unlike a majority of animation sitcoms that either take place in the present or the future, not many are set in the ancient past. Yeah. You do have some. There's Primal. There's Disenchantment. 
Um, is it disenchantment? I always say it's that the wrong way. Dis- or disenchanted. It's one of it those. Is. All right. But there's still some opportunity there for this show to succeed. The show is also bound by absolutely no historical relevance. They're mm-hmm. not trying to make this accurate. Um, they're using well-known characters in mythological fantasy like Poseidon or Zeus. And they just have them doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the main character's goal of making a sustainable kingdom is gradually growing every episode. So there is a an overall arc as opposed to a Family Guy show where it just resets every time. Well, you so also have those ta- are the three things I will give it a pro or a plus for. I think you should also add that it has a talented crew behind. Every and, show does. But no, but like the showrunner for this is the person who wrote the BoJack Horseman for Fish Out of Water. Wrote that episode. He also has worked on different shows like drawn together raising hope they also have a ton of guest stars that's one of the reasons that nah, fox greenlit this that means show. nothing to me so all much, these shows do so all these much no, no no like if you go onto the wikipedia it's just it's way more than even other shows mm, it's no i'm not giving it that credit because even with like my adventures of superman I, i'm sure with velma they had a ton of guest stars showing up at the time that it's like the what was john mulaney joke where he's sitting in front of a bunch of kids and he's asking them, what'd you think of Mandy Patinkin but playing in, the animated? And they don't care. But in the third episode, didn't you like hearing voices like the V. Diggs show up as carrots? I didn't know it was the V. Diggs until I saw his name at the end. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's the V. Diggs. But again, that's because I know who that is. But it doesn't that that doesn't make the show anything better. This is there's nothing unique about a family dynamic in a sitcom. Right. Yeah. Nothing puts me. <laughs> off about it but like at the same time i can predict where the like tone and also the summary of every single storyline will go let's just talk about this episode you have king tyrannus or richard ayode who uh it's funny i haven't heard of him for years since the one movie like on my block or what, what's my why you're talking my, about watch about watch they changed the name or yeah. title at one point um and then he suddenly appears on a bunch of netflix shorts with ben <laughs> benedict cumberbatch and you're talking about the stuff directed by wes anderson right yeah exactly and then now he's in this show doing the main voice and then you also have matt berry from uh what we do in the shadows as well as obviously the it crowd and they have worked on so much together i was surprised to see that the main reason i wanted to do this show was that like a recommend YouTube short popped up for me where I saw Richard Iwadi and this thing called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and then I decided to search that up and I was like oh what are they doing because Matt Berry was in that show as well like it was a horror parody that premiered back in 2004 I think it was even on Adult Swim and then I saw that yeah they were coming out with this Crapopolis. I I will also go through my comparisons real quick we got Plebs, IT Crowd and uh, What the Fuck 101. The plebs, absolutely. Yeah, the plebs is more the setting. Uh, what the fuck 101 is more the animation style, and then IT crowd, obviously, because of the people that are into it um, or in it. Um, I did want to point out, in case you didn't know, because I was looking at the stuff that got rebooted, and it seems like Caillou is one of the things. Caillou 3D got rebooted, but they changed the main character because of how much the original show is hated. The original terrible. show has yeah. like a 3.8, and people say that that character was really spoiled. And so I, I more mean, than I spoiled, like he did some. T- terrible things i remember and that must be why they decided to reboot it because you were saying they're, they're going to make it more likable i guess yeah since you insisted i watch this show i'm going to insist that you watch <laughs> that's that not show going if to it happen. gets another season all right so let's talk about king tyrannus he has high aspirations for his kingdom again a very dysfunctional family that we'll get into in a second but like he wants to run the first empire the first democracy the first well-run civilization and he's returning from his travels at sea when he claims to have punched a kraken in the nose and saved a princess who is now his girlfriend. She's a sea nymph named Herophily. 
And uh, this happens to be Poseidon's daughter. Yeah. Uh-huh. The funny thing is that in the previous episode, which I know you didn't see, you only saw the third episode. Yes. They had Brosidon, who was Poseidon's Bro-Sidon. son. <laughs> and Brosidon was played by Dave Franco. And so he was obviously hamming it up a bit. And by the end of the episode, he was like screaming and yelling like he does not after party. I can already tell he would probably be my favorite character from this series. But they make no connection that Herophily and uh, Dave Franco's character, Brosidon, know each other. Like he doesn't return. He doesn't do anything. Anyways, so he's uh, uh, Tyrannus is introducing his new girlfriend to his family. There's Schlub, his dad, um, who is a centaur slash manticore creature, and uh, he calls him a manitar. And then you have Stupendous, who is his sister. She's a cyclops, but she wears an eye patch over one of her eyes, so it looks like she has two of them. If you're not paying attention, and she's just jacked, and she's huge, and she she's the fighter of the family. Yeah. And then you have Hippocampus, or Hippo, as his nickname goes. Um, he is a talking fish monster kid, and he is also the half brother of Stupendous and Tyrannus, and he uh, likes to do science, but like really bloody science. He likes to go in and find bodies and and he really created the investigations of forensic science. You know, that's what his previous arc was. And then obviously you have goddess Deliria, who I think is the low-key second main character of the yeah. show, the goddess of self-destruction and questionable choice. She has been kicked out of the heavens. And so throughout the first three episodes, she wants to get back up there among that elite crowd. And she does talk to Hermes and, and hang out with him, but she's conceited and attention whore. And she uh, she loves her son in the most distant way that she possibly can. It didn't even seem like she really loved her son. I would compare their relationship to the one with, what was the Todd show that we did? Um, so Help Me Todd, the yeah, mom right. and the son there, where they kind of mutually help each other, but also have like this uh, constant tension between the two. That's sort of her relationship with him. Um, the siblings don't believe the story that Tyrannus is telling them about the Kraken. Because it's a freaking Kraken. <laughs> so you've seen them in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, those things cannot just be punched in the nose. Those are sharks. As so, we, so we never actually see him punch the Kraken we, in, like, the first episode? We totally episode. do. You, oh, no, in the first episode? Or, like, no, when? no, the third episode is when we he, they come back from the ocean, but we haven't gotten any previous episode. I thought that when he punched the Kraken or was talking about with his girlfriend at the beginning of the third episode, it was supposed to be an overarching... There's a, there's a flashback that you see. No, every episode has been uh, totally unique, just like what I talked about with Brosidon. The second episode was about the Olympics. The first episode was just about them starting a society um but but in this episode no he's explaining his story about how he punched the kraken his uh sister and brother don't believe him his uh father is just being supportive and his mom is just happy that he has a girlfriend and that they're going to um potentially get married because of her connection to poseidon right. and how that will make her extra powerful and even though tyrannus doesn't want to fall into the trap of just doing what everybody thinks he's going to do he still does ask uh Herophily to marry him Almost immediately because he's very desperate. And so that's what they agree to do. And then the Kraken shows up, right? Right. Okay, and it the, can actually talk. Of course it can talk. Everything can talk in this thing. Well, the wolves, Everything, the wolves at least sounded like wolves in this episode. You got we'll get to the wolves yeah, okay. a little later. But like, yeah, as long as the, the goddess has not turned them into snakes or um, 
shellfish or or just regular fish then how often does she do that all the time the first episode was all about her turning things into snakes and you saw her turn uh, a guitar into a um i know it wasn't a guitar but it was like the thing that he plays right, with yeah. a fiddle um into a bunch spiders, of spiders yeah point is um the, yeah the kraken shows up he gets mad because uh goddess deliria hasn't paid him the 20 cows that she owes him for throwing the fight and so he's a real Kraken, but then we see that flashback. And did you like the flashback? It was probably my favorite part of the episode, or one of my favorite parts. I, it was just so stupid. Just with all the comedy, I didn't. It's not my brand. Well, the thing is that like even the crew knew. Then they made a point of showing that even the crew knew. Like if the Kraken showed up and he was destroying the crew like real, and then he just threw the fight over, that would be one thing. But you saw the fake punches, everybody. <laughs> it was like watching that Dark Knight cut. Where you see Christopher Nolan okay it, and clearly they've shown in the in the footage how where people are just diving in the background <laughs> instead of actually taking punches. You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, no, I, uh, I've seen the clip. Cool. So, like, anyways, the Kra- Kraken uh, shows up, and then that causes Tyrannus to confront his mom and say, what the hell are you doing? I wanted to find a real girlfriend on my own. And then even though Herophilus still loves him, they feel like it's not a real relationship and that they can't escape the, the gods. So they're going to break up and he's about to let her off into the ocean when she suggests that they go live in a swamp because that is the only place that gods do not have superiority and refuse to go. I feel like swamps are just such an easy way for cartoons to like, it seems like that's always the setting for every single cartoon ever made. Like what? you have it. Yes, you have it in like, I, think I, of Shrek. I just watched over the garden wall. They had a swamp in that. And that was like a big part of that series. Okay. Also, that's one. And then you have like avatar the last airbender, literally an episode called the swamp. And then you also have, uh, I, I guess think, SpongeBob, maybe there's, there has to be like swampy waters and SpongeBob. Yeah, Yes, but that's why I'm saying it seems like it's always just a place that these cartoons decide to go because it must be easy to animate. I wouldn't go as far as to say that most of them do it, though. I think that we've been able to pick a few. Um, I, I didn't have a problem with the fact that it was a swamp, but it is inhospitable. They are not able to survive there. It's very hard to catch fish and such. But And they also meet Herophilus' ex-lover, uh, the centaur played by David Diggs named Carrots. Carrots, yeah. And I think the funniest thing about his character is his name. When he was introduced, that's when the episode I thought got a lot better because that's when... 20 minutes in? Well, it was like 50 minutes in. All right, yeah. Tyrannus, he starts to become really jealous and then he doesn't actually want to... Yeah, the best joke of the episode by far is when... But it's not one that the writers do continually or regularly. Uh, Tyrannus predicts that if they all live in the swamp together that Connor and... Sorry, Connor. (laughs) Carrots and uh, Herophily will fall back in love together. he says he's not being a dick And and that would be a very (laughs) dick move. And so he's calling it out so they can't do it. And they agree. (laughs) So I, I did like how meta it got there for a second but then later on they like overdo the meta jokes where they're like he he can't decide whether or not he's allowed to come back into the show you know that's well, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. every show does it that's what i was talking about with the person i was actually surprised to see that joke in the end because it feels like that is just such an overly done thing as you were talking instead about. yeah but they get so fed up that um at the swamp despite the fact that they're all living together there that herophily ends up praying to her father which signals to to uh, poseidon where they are poseidon shows up on a uh, couple of dolphin skis that he constantly states are going to die because they're in a swamp and then they end up dying um <laughs> And that's David Kochner, Co- right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And it's weird to see him because I know that he's had like legal troubles recently. Um, well, I've I think seen that he was canceled. Right? Not, not just that he was canceled, but I think he like served time or was like because he has a couple DUIs in his thing. I didn't think that he was making his way back into comedy all that 
quickly. And uh, I'm pretty sure that he did film this after all that stuff happened. Yes, well, because it was filmed, I think, like in 2022. That's when, the, that's when the recording was. In fact, a lot of people were complaining because they could tell a lot of people recorded from their homes. I couldn't tell. See, that's the type of thing that they complained about. Archer, the season that we did, did that. And, and it just, I can't tell. Like, it, I mean, Dan Harmon was trying to defend it being like, this was also during, like, it seems like when they were recording voices, it was just kind of from 2020 to 2022 because it seemed like they were continually but doing this thing. The way that they show the gods, like gods nowadays, when they're talking about Greek gods or Roman gods, they're always a joke. Um, yes. But, but he is an extra joke because he's saying, okay, these two carrots and Tyrannus, you're going to fight to the death for my daughter's hand in marriage. And then they throw the fight for each other. <laughs> like they pretend to pull this fast fake spear thing, right? And that's when he, Poseidon decides he's going to kill both of them. He raises the swamp up to levels where they're going to drown. But obviously, this is when Deliria shows up and turns them into fish and then has a bunch of, like, uh, what are they, um, amputated arms and stuff rise to the yeah. top so that even Herophily thinks that... Her... Well, there was, like, a horse's foot as yeah. well. <laughs> Herophily and Poseidon think that they're dead. They go away. Uh, Deliria's there. They say goodbye to Daveed Diggs' character, Carrots, and then they kind of bond for a second, and then they go back Well, I like to... what Daveed Diggs says, because he's like, this isn't the last time you're going to see me. And yeah, that was the meta like, joke. Yeah, but like you were kind of talking about earlier with the episode, it seems like the world continually expands, and I feel like if the show... This is what I meant by that, though, is because when they first arrived at Crapopolis at the beginning of the episode, you could see that the thing was a budding cultural society. Like, it, things were uh, built up, and they were using the olives that um, uh, Tyrannus had been so specific about trying to make into a currency yes. as currency. So that's why, yeah, that's why, because again, I, but it, it wasn't until the second episode that he kind of pushes that. And he's like, in the first episode, he's asking Hippo to make a uh, currency. And in the second episode, he's using the olives as currency. And now we're in the third episode and it looks like Crapopolis is like somewhat built up and that like the markets are running and stuff. So we are seeing movement there. Also in the first episode, they were so like, at the beginning stages that things were like they didn't even have allies next door and we didn't mm -hmm. even get to see the cannibals next door in this episode but but that's a that's another story but i'm saying that it seems like the, this could turn into like a really big show almost as big i see the potential for it to turn into as big as like something with avatar the last airbender where it's like they continually are going to different places and then by the end maybe you're just seeing them go to like established I agree to disagree. Really? <laughs> Absolutely not. What Avatar? This has nothing to do on Avatar. Um, but a side story that we didn't get into yet is that wolves versus humans war that's going on. Um, so Hippo comes up with this plot to douse his sister into a vat of piss and send her off to the wolf's lair to infiltrate it, right? Yes. She goes, the lead wolf immediately calls her out on being a human and all the wolves attack her. And then she goes off to nurse her wounds. And one of the wolves who had been tricked is also beat up by the other wolves and ostracized from the pack. And they end up, uh, what's her name, Stupendous and this other wolf making friends with each other. And that's where the beginning of domestication of dogs happens. And the wolves are just in it for the food, we learn. Um, but she seems to think that they're going to just be their friends. But because they make cute, cute pup puppies, um, that's kind of the reason why it's a one-sided agreement. I did like Matt Berry's, um, uh, what was his, his rant at the end where he was talking. <laughs> 
talking about how this is the most one-sided agreement and how the dogs are providing I nothing for them. I was going to say, them. the funniest part yeah. was the ending, but, but the but the storyline itself, I felt, was so long. Like, was it? Oh. If, I just described it in less than like a minute. No, but it, in the episode, they continually are going back to it. It's interspliced with Tyrannus' storyline. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. The interesting thing about the dad's character and Hippo, though, which we don't see as much in this episode, is that they're very Brian Stewie relationship mm-hmm. or Phil Dunphy and his son or Frank and Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They they have that like jovial banter between that they're they're both stupid in a way. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, but and they all, get up to their own adventures. Every character is stupid though. Yeah, but that's again a cartoon element and and something that like you can't get away from. I don't understand why you named the episode Wife Swamp and not show some sort of wife swap. Yeah. It just, it, 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 that, that confuses me. If you had to rate the episode, or the episodes, I guess, because you've seen the first two. Well, I wanted to point out a couple of things right before that. Okay, so in the first episode, we get the origin of allies, people coming together in different communities and deciding to work as one as opposed to fighting each other. In the second episode, we get the origin of the Olympics and also forensic science. In this episode, we're supposed to get the origin of man's best friend. Obviously, humans have domesticated animals since the beginning of, like, Homo sapiens being alive. Even before that, probably with Neanderthals. And and it probably wasn't even Homo sapiens. But but, uh, they decide to move it all the way up to Greek time period to to do that. That's what I mean by history making no sense. Also, I wanted to point out that John DiMaggio, this is the third show, third animated show in a row that he's appeared. He was in, or he plays one of the main characters in Adventure Time. He um he's in Futurama, obviously. And then I saw his name in the credits in this. Yeah, as well. no, he's like one of the most I feel like prolific people in voice acting at this point. Yeah, him and Dan Harmon. So okay, now to my rating, I would probably give it for this episode a solid. Five, which is right down the middle. And I being nice because I saw the other episodes and I, and I can tell that there's like a kind heart behind it. But normally I might even give it a four because it's it's not the best. I would, I would there. give it a four out of ten because I was watching it. And it, again, I like the V Deeks character and some of the lines that were said. But even for 20 minutes, this thing felt too long. It just felt like it was there's nothing special about it. Do you know who played Herophily? Did you look that up? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. But I know that Hippocampus, because you were talking about uh, the Midnight Gospel last episode, uh, or with the Fiona and Cake episode, and I know that Duncan Trussell was in the Midnight Gospel. Oh, like, okay. He was in the podcast that some of the Midnight Gospel used. Also, I was very surprised to learn that Richard Ioedi is responsible for my favorite music video of all time, Arctic Monkeys, Fluorescent Adolescence. I've been listening to that for over 10 years. And yeah, I, it's the only song you listen to. And and I only two weeks ago figured out that he was the one that actually directed it. The Hollywood Reporter praised the vocal cameos, but called the series multiple times bland and said the show establishes nothing in its first few episodes. But then you have, like, IndieWire, which gave the series a C plus and said the character designs are unremarkable, the jokes are low to medium hit rate. Did anybody give it, like, an A plus and just loves the show? No. And did anybody give it just an F and hate the show? Well... Yeah, no, not really. Not, so, so that's exactly what we fall into. It's just that four, five camp, that very average cartoon, and it's just not going to be enough. Except you said it was already renewed for three seasons. Yeah. So maybe just outlasting it, and who knows? Maybe in the third season it'll like change things up around and 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 really grow on you. But it just feels like 
I don't know. It they're, seems they're betting a lot on Dan Harmon. When I was Harmon. doing research, it seemed like they were really trying to rush this show out. It had such an aggressive schedule that they didn't even have the animations or the characters in mind when they were writing this. Was thing. this writer strike reason why? No, I mean, this was can This was uh, COVID be- reasons. Why. Oh, COVID. Okay. Because yeah. it was over Zoom. So again, they were writing these jokes, but they didn't have the characters in mind. They didn't even have a lot of the actors cast by this point. Yeah, and, and it, it, it sort of does show. So yeah, I, and I, even Harmon said Dan Harmon said logic is not as important as connection between characters and i don't think i could disagree more with his statement and you would also think that with his working on rick and morty constantly that he would be a little his time would be uh taken up i think the thing for me is and that's why i was kind of talking about swamps it just seems like it's not as creative enough it seems like a swamp is a boring environment yes especially to write a show (laughs) i agree with you all right thanks for listening we'll see you in the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye